Leadership Podcast with Jared Graybeal. Hey guys, welcome to the Business and Leadership Podcast with me, Jared Graybeal. Um, this podcast is formerly known as Live Well, Lead Well. Just quick thing about that. Um, I personally love the abstract name of Live Well, Lead Well. But we just figured it's not explanatory enough and we want people to be able to find this content. And until I'm like super famous, people just won't be looking my name up and that's okay because I'd rather them search business or leadership and find us anyway. So um, so back to the episode. This is episode 13. And if you caught the last episode, it was eight steps to the healthiest year of your life. And um, I really, really recommend checking that episode out. Um, those eight steps are something that I try to practice every single day. And if you watch the episode, it doesn't take any more than an hour and a half to do it. And it will change your day and ultimately change your life. So make sure you check that one out, refer it to a friend, and start drinking more water. Anyways, back to episode 13. Uh, we're going to be talking about four traits of high performers. And so this is something that I both pulled from research, uh, from looking at um, high-performing athletes, high-performing CEOs, business owners, and of course, just being in the, the fitness industry my whole adult life, I'm looking at high performers in the, in the training industry, and as well as running gyms uh, in the sales world, right? Because a lot of what we do has a lot to do with sales. And so, um, we're going to dive right in. The first trait of high performers is to create a vision for your life. Now, this is a broad concept, but I truly believe that before you narrow down your focus and define what performance really looks like for you, you've got to define your vision. And so, because otherwise you're wandering aimlessly and you might be doing a couple cool things and accomplishing some good things, but did you mean to? You really can't define that. So, step one for all high performers, right? If you are a high level athlete, you know that you want to be the best quarterback, right? It's like, so these people have defined visions in their life. And so that's what the first thing that you need to do is, right? And so, the first question you want to ask yourself, and if you're taking notes, is what was I designed for? Now for me, uh, I'm a believer in Christ, and so I go back to my relationship with God, and I think, God, what did you design me for? Now keep in mind, in my opinion, this can be seasonal, right? Like, um, I'm 28 years old as we record this right now, I'll probably be 29 after it launches. Um, my birthday's on February 1st, so feel free to send me stuff, we'll put the address in the notes. But, um... I think, you know, seasonally, what am I designed for in this season? Now, I'm the CEO of Superfit Foods and E3 Consulting, right? So I know in this season, my mission is to encourage, educate, and empower others to live the happiest, healthiest life possible. But again, that could change, right? In my 40s, I could, you know, be a parent. And, and so what were you designed for? The second thing is, uh, what are your values? Now, this shouldn't change much. What are the things you value? Is it family? Is it community? Is it uh, profitability, right? Um, you know, everything's different for everybody. So in order to create a vision for your life, you've got to think, what is my mission in life and what are my values? So step one, create a vision for your life. Step two, and you've probably heard me talk about this before. You'll hear me talk about it again. Create a time budget. So this is something that um, a lot of my friends call me OCD for. I just think it's smart. Um, and it allows me to really fulfill a lot of the commitments that I make. 
Um, because a lot of times when we look at like a financial budget, right, we have our friends that are broke all the time. We have our friends that have financial excess. And really the biggest difference is that one of them created a budget and the other one didn't. One of them got an apartment that's too expensive or got a car that's too expensive or goes out too much and realizes at the end of the month, crap, I can't go out for five or six days because my rent is due, right? We've got those friends or family members. And then we've got the other friends that are like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I planned ahead. Um, I can go on vacation with you even though I don't have a fantastic job, right? Because I budget. So the same thing applies to time. So everybody has 168 hours in the week. And a lot of times I get these you know, direct messages or even comments um, from friends of mine and stuff like that. Like, man, I wish I had your 24 hours in the day or I wish I had your time. And it's, you know, no offense if you're watching and you've said this to me, I think that's the dumbest thing ever because you literally do, right? Like I don't get more sleep than most people. Um, I don't like, I don't have an extra day. Uh, I work oftentimes more than most people. I just create a time budget so it allows me to do the things that I love, spend time with the people that I love, but then work a lot towards uh, fulfilling my mission. And so how do you do that? The first step is schedule everything that's consistent. So for me, for example, you'll see in my calendar at 7 a.m. every single day is Bible study for one hour. I allocate that every single day and that's how I start my day. And then um, at 6 p.m., Typically, you'll see the gym is in my schedule. So all that stuff is pre-scheduled. Um, we have a couple meetings throughout the week with the Superfit Food staff. Um, and I have a couple meetings throughout the week with uh, some E3 clients. Those are all pre-scheduled. And so I know that if somebody invites me to a breakfast or a coffee Monday morning at 9.30, I know to say no because I've got a 10 a.m. meeting every single Monday with the Superfit Food staff. So the first step to creating your time budget is look at your calendar, right? We all have smartphones these days, and identify everything that's consistent with your schedule. The second step is create a running to-do list. Now, everybody's talked about to-do lists, but this is one of the most powerful and practical steps that you can apply to creating efficiency in your workplace and just in your life in general. It'll make you a better coworker, a better boss, and even a better friend. Um, create a running to-do list. When you commit to do something, yeah, I'll knock that out tonight. Stop for a moment, put it on your phone, or put it in your notes if you take notes. Put that in your to-do list. I can't tell you how many times people have committed to do something with me, for me, um, as an employee or as a friend, and it doesn't get done simply because oh, I totally forgot about that. It's because they didn't write it down. They didn't put it in their to-do list. Um, this is kind of an odd example, but uh, Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon I was I was out with a couple friends and one of them mentioned that they had a bonfire at the beach and I was like that's the coolest thing ever how'd you do that and they said well, we had to get a permit and then somebody else said we should get a permit so I stopped and I put look up bonfire permit in my phone and then Monday morning I googled it I figured out figured out how to do it and then I got one that day and I texted it to a couple of my friends like how did you do that and I simply just, I just put it in my to-do list it was the easiest thing in the world otherwise I would have completely forgot about that then I'd see somebody else having this bonfire and I'd be jealous again and I'd be like, dang it, I totally forgot to do this bonfire certificate thing. So anyways, create a running to-do list. Now the next step to creating a time budget is create a to-don't list. Once you've identified all the things that are consistent in your schedule and once you've identified a running to-do list, now you know I do have time for these things, but I no longer have time 
for these other things. What I like to do is at the end of every week, at the end of every month, and at the end of every year, to look back at the things I spend my time on and then decide, okay, this is one thing that I could delegate to a staff member. This is one thing that I just need to stop doing altogether, right? And so create a to-don't list. That looks different for everybody, so I don't have much practical application there for you. But if you're watching or listening, you typically, if you're able to sit down and, and do an inventory of the, the time that you spend and the things that you do and the people you spend your time with, you're probably very easily able to identify what that looks like for you. Step three, and this is really, really a big deal to me, is to be healthy. Um, that's a pretty uh, common, I feel like that's common sense, but most people don't look at this. We have a lot of high performers and very efficient people that skip meals. They don't get enough sleep, and it's glorified in this day and age to like work, to work you know, 12 hours a day, to sleep four or five hours a night, to skip meals working on a project. And while that you know, might be cool in the short term and it might be something to brag about, in the long term it's really not good for you. And so to create sustainable success over the long term in real efficiency, you've got to take care of your body and take care of your mind. And so the first step really is to eat healthy. Start your day off with breakfast, unless you're doing like intermittent fasting or something like that, which again is a totally different conversation, but eat uh, when you get hungry, have food available. I'm biased, but I do recommend no matter what part of the country you're in, leverage a meal prep company so that way you don't have to focus or think about the things that you're eating. Uh, one of the most interesting things I think about like Albert Einstein or even Steve Jobs is that they wore the same thing every single day and I would um, bet that they usually ate the same thing every single day because they didn't want to allocate any of their brain space, any of their mental capacity to making a decision towards what they're going to wear and what they're going to eat. And I bring that up because when you have a meal prep company preparing your meals, you don't have to stop at noon and realize, oh, I'm starving. I need to step away. What do I want to eat? And then you spend the next 20 minutes thinking about food. You're Googling food near me. It's way too much thinking, right? So again, I'm biased, but every single day I know what I'm going to eat for breakfast. I know what I'm going to eat for lunch, dinner. It's in the fridge. And when I get hungry, I go to the microwave. I put it in there for 99 seconds. I eat it while I'm working. Sometimes I take a break from working and I'm done. I stay healthy, I spend a little bit of money, a little bit more than if I prepared from home, but much less if I ate out. So step one of being healthy is to eat healthy consistently. Um, we practice, or I practice the 70-30 rule. Um, I'll explain that in a different podcast, but you don't have to be perfect, you just have to be conscientious of your health. The next thing is exercise regularly, three to five times a week. Find something that you like to do and do it. Whether it's even just walking, jogging, riding a bike, going to the gym with your friends, joining a group training facility, or hiring a one-on-one -on -one trainer for your specific goals, exercise regularly. There's a bunch of science that contributes to the benefits of this, and if you watch the last episode, you'll get to learn a little bit more about that. Um, and the next thing is get sleep. There's nothing cool about skipping sleep for work consistently. I will say this, if you're a college student or if you're working on a project, you're master's and you're working, there's going to be some nights where you get a little bit less. That's a sacrifice. Doing it every single day is super bad for you. So eat well, exercise regularly, get some good sleep. And the last step, this is possibly the biggest one, because without this, you may not recognize how badly you need one through three. The fourth step and the fourth trait, I'm sorry, for high performers is to practice humility. 
And why is that important? Because humbling yourself and deciding maybe I don't know it all, maybe I'm not actually the highest performer I know, or maybe I can get better at these things, maybe I do need a little bit more sleep, maybe I do need to revise my vision, maybe I do need to take some advice from a podcast, right? All of those are humbling thoughts and experiences. So the fourth trait of all high performers I know or that I read about or study is that they practice humility or they continue to revisit it, right? Because there's this conundrum as we advance in our roles and in our experience, we continue to gain confidence, which can very easily become pride. It's very, you just got to revisit humility. So the first thing practically that looks like, ask more questions. You never know it all and you never will. So ask more questions, whether it's the people that work for you, the people that work with you, um, or the people that you work for. Ask them questions to continue to grow in your role. If you're an athlete, a college student, ask questions. In our office, typically we try to create competency by front-loading information. But again, it's never wrong to ask questions. Communication is everything. Um, and then the next thing, the last thing to practice humility is fail forward and fast. So I highly recommend, um, again, I don't know who you work for, or anything like that, but to try new things, but to be open to being wrong and to doing it wrong. So a lot of times we want our employees, we want our staff members, friends to, to gain competence by trying new things and then to gain the confidence of knowing how to do those things right. But in order to do that, you've got to fail a few times. Now what happens when we either do fail is we cover it up with pride or a lot of times we don't even try because we're afraid of failure. And so what fixes both of those things is just practicing humility, having the humility to know that, hey, I was, I was wrong, uh, I tried, but I realized that this other way is right, or having the humility to understand, like, um, you don't know it all, but you might as well try anyways. And a lot of times you're going to end up learning more and being able to teach others through that experience. Um, so those are the four traits of high performers. Again, quick revision. Number one, create a vision for your life. Ask, what is my mission? And what are my values? Number two, create a time budget. So schedule everything in advance and create a running to-do list. Number three, be healthy. Take care of your body. Take care of your mind. And number four, practice humility. Fail forward and ask questions. Thanks for joining us for episode uh, 13 of the Business and Leadership Podcast with me, Jared Grabiel. Make sure to tune in on the next one. Um, I believe on the next one, we're going to be talking about the five characteristics uh, or five disciplines of leadership that I had to learn the hard way. It's going to be a great episode. Uh, we hope you tune in. If you enjoyed the podcast or the YouTube show, make sure to leave a comment. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback or read your feedback. Leave us a review if you enjoyed it. Uh, subscribe to the show and then definitely share it with a friend or a family member that you think it might help. Um, 10 to 15 minutes of your day could go a long way. So we really appreciate you taking the time to join us for that time and uh, have an awesome day.